I've been planning to share this for a while now, but to be honest, I've still been processing some things post-Easter when my fast was officially up. So for those of you who don't know, I fasted for 40 days for the first time ever in my life, and I decided to give up social media. So the fast took place over the 40 days leading up to Easter, and it was truly just a beautiful time of disconnecting digitally and connecting more often, and I would even say in different ways with God. And I share more about why I decided to do this, why I decided to fast in episode 111. So I'll link that below if you're interested in listening to it. But my brother actually texted me earlier in the week and he's like, send me some takeaways from your fast. And so I figured it was time to share in case anyone else was wondering and maybe hearing these things today will inspire you to fast from something in your own life. And maybe you like me will choose social media. So let's jump right in. Welcome to Her Pursuit, the podcast empowering moms to live with more peace, purpose, and fulfillment starting right now. Join me each week for honest conversations on motherhood, mental health, and growing in our faith. Together, we will explore practical ways to break free from survival mode and discover true peace for the everyday. I'm your host, Kaysen, and I'm so glad you're here. Okay, 10 things a social media fast taught me. We're just gonna get right to it. Number one, the first thing I learned is that social media is absolutely overstimulating for me. This is not really anything new, but my eyes were open. You know, I didn't really realize how it was affecting me. I didn't realize that it was as bad until I quieted all the noise and it suddenly felt like I could breathe again. I could think clearly. Now, as we know, social media can be used for good. It absolutely can, but... Let's also be honest. There are constant opinions. There are people constantly trying to grab your attention and reel you in. You know, pun intended if you're on Instagram with all the reels and it's like every single swipe of your thumb is a a caption and somebody in your face in the screen and it can just be a lot. There's controversies. There's news headlines from all over the world. You know, who even knows if half the things we can believe about different things going on, tragedies that, you know, we were never intended to shoulder and we get sucked into it. And maybe you feel pressure to give your stance or your opinions on certain topics when they come up on social media. It can just be a lot. And I realized that. And add to that, attempting to create content, you know, on my end and navigate the algorithm and keep up with trends and reels. And it was just a lot. And when I let myself get sucked into all of it, it is super overwhelming and super overstimulating. So that is the number one thing that this fast taught me. Number two, I learned that I surprisingly had more mental space when I fasted from socials. This kind of goes along with number one, but I think it's important to state that I felt like I had so much more capacity in my daily life, which is kind of a non-negotiable as a mom of three who homeschools and runs a blog and a podcast while keeping my home and investing intentionally in my marriage and, you know, life things. You wouldn't think that something so small, you know, that almost fits into my hand was taking up so much space inside my head, but it definitely was consuming so much mental space, just like this invisible thing of social media. And that affects the way that I was, it affected the way I was showing up in my daily life. So I learned that by getting rid of social media for an extended period of time, I was free. I felt so free. In fact, on like day two in my journal, I write, I am feeling so free. I feel lighter. This is amazing. So I had more mental space. Number three, I had more motivation to tackle projects that I had been putting off. 
Because I mean, like, what else are you going to do if you're not going to stand there and scroll or sit and scroll for endless amounts of time, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, let me uh, go tackle that closet that I have just been shoving things into all year long. And let me, let me be clear. I don't consider myself to waste a lot of time on my phone. Last summer, I did a few episodes on being phone-free more often and being more present and, you know, setting boundaries and even time limits around when and how I used my phone and how I continue to use my phone. So even back in February, I would not have said, hey, I'm spending all day on my phone and I need to put it down and I'm just like too much phone usage. But even the time that I was spending there was being wasted. For me, okay, for me. That being said, I did a huge spring cleaning. I purged a lot of my girls' clothes and toys and I reorganized everything after I decluttered and basically cleaned my entire house in a matter of like three days. It was glorious and it felt so good. And I was able to maintain it. And and I do have somewhat of a system and a, a rhythm for our home, but it was almost like, I don't know, it was one less thing for me to be worried about or consumed about or physically doing, and it just freed me up so much. So number four, the fourth thing that this social media fast taught me is, this is going to be a little bit vulnerable. We're on number four, so it's it's kind of time that we go there, right? Let's just, let's go there. I realized that I was losing myself online. Now, listen to this next part through the context of how it applies to you. You know, I feel called, and maybe you do too, to share a a certain message. I feel called to use my spiritual gifts to lead women to the Lord. And I'm still very much in the early stages of kind of putting those pieces together. The podcast isn't even two years old. You know, I'm still taking steps forward to fulfill what I feel like God has laid on my heart to do. And I realized that when I would see other people doing this or other people doing that or creating this thing or publishing that, it was pulling me in like 25 different directions. And I would think things like, well, maybe I should do that. And maybe I should try this. I, you know, I definitely need to create that thing and get it put out. I've got to do that. Maybe I should take, you know, this as a next step. I was losing myself. I was losing me and where God has me right now and what he's asked me to do, because it was essentially just like a whirlwind of distractions for me at that time. And maybe you're not starting a ministry. Maybe, you know, you're not writing a book or publishing podcast episodes. But if you ever feel like, you know, and I'm sure everyone can relate on some level of feeling like I should be doing this because she's doing this or, you know, that. I should be doing that thing as a mom. Like I need to be more like her or like my home should have this. You know, we all have been influenced by someone or something. Like we buy the, you know, lipstick or the jeans or the shoes or the organizational bins or the storage containers, whatever it is, because we see it in her house. We see it on her and we're like, oh, I need that thing. And this kind of losing myself essentially in a few different ways. Um, You know, it's a lot too. You could think of it from the aspect of like people's opinions and what other people are valuing or what they're pursuing. And it's just, God has called each of us to a different, our own specific lane is how I think of it in your own path, in your own journey. And for me and where I was at, before getting off of socials, I was in a very muddied place. Things just were not super clear for me. And I think the enemy honestly was taking advantage of 
all of that and just like making it 10 times worse, like distractions and noise. And it was just a lot. Now, I will say before we jump into number five that, you know, I haven't always felt this way on socials. There have been times where I can, you know, I stay in my own lane and I stay focused and I'm not as distracted. And, you know, all of these other things we're going to get into, I wouldn't have said that was a problem, but for whatever reason, I mean, the timing with this with this was just perfect. The timing with this 40-day fast, it was exactly what I needed in the right time frame that just happened to coincide with Lent, and so I just went with it. Okay, so now that I've prefaced with all of that, not really prefaced because I've said, I'm saying it like halfway through, but you get what I'm saying. Okay, number five, the fifth thing that the social media fast taught me, I, I became more thankful. I became more content. This goes right along with number four. But when I'm not staring, when I wasn't staring at what everyone else was doing and who they were doing it with and where they were doing it at and how they were doing it and how easy it seemed to look for them and, you know, this door opened for them or they went down this thing and now they're doing that, you know, my eyes were so freed up and they are so freed up to see what's right in front of me and who is right in front of me and be thankful for all of those things because where God has us Where he has you, where he has me right now, there is purpose in that. And I know that sometimes it feels like, you know, there is no purpose here. (laughs) Every day looks the same. It's very repetitive. doesn't seem very important. It's not shiny. It's not flashy. It does not seem like success, you know, in the world's view of things. But where God has you, there's so much meaning and there's something that he's wanting to teach you. And I was able to just remind myself of that. The Lord reminded me of that, that like you can be thankful and you can be content right where you're at. So number six is kind of cool. I heard from God more clearly, like I'm talking specific prayers being answered. It was crazy cool, but I mean like, duh, he's God. So why? I don't know why I'm always surprised when he does God things in my life, but I specifically prayed for clarity in just different areas of my life. And I prayed for a fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit. I wanted to, you know, feel, I'm a, I'm a feeler. I've got quotes here. I wanted to feel a closeness with God and a oneness with Him. And I prayed to just be more present and more responsive to my kids. And the list goes on really. And by day six, I was like already connecting dots and hearing Him move in powerful ways through my prayer life and just thoughts and different things just started falling into place. And it was so cool. Now, I'm not saying, you know, fast from socials and six days later, your prayers are going to be answered and you're going to have so much clarity. This is just how this happened to work out, you know, this way, this time. But I just think it was so cool. And I, and I do think there's something to be said for intentionally stepping away from something that's maybe consuming us in a larger way than we realize. Maybe it's not social media for you. Maybe it's not your phone at all, but maybe it's something else. And stepping away from that and saying, God, I want to put you first. And I want to draw my attention to you in those moments when I feel like I'm tempted to draw my attention back to that thing that I'm giving up. That is essentially what fasting is. So the seventh thing that I learned is that I became more positive in my self-talk, in my thinking. And again, I had more capacity to stop in the moment and actually correct those thoughts because my mind wasn't so crowded and overwhelmed by all of the things that I had seen, you know, that morning or all day long or whatever it was. I I had more positive self-talk and I had the capacity to correct them. Now, it's no secret that I, you know, I get stuck. My thoughts get out of hand. Sometimes they spiral. I've shared this over and over. 
I get stuck in negative loops super easily. And when I took a break from socials, I was fighting some negative thoughts, like hardcore, just being totally honest. Like I was fighting some negative thoughts. And I shared one of those things in, I think it was like episode 118, where we're talking about like why thoughts matter and how to take control of your thoughts and all of that. I walk you through the five steps of, you know, my process for this is what, this is just what I do, like name the thought. And we walked through all the five steps of how to correct the lie into truth. And so I was doing that with like, five or six things at one time because, you know, you could have given me a blank sheet of paper and I probably could have filled the whole thing out with all the negative thoughts that were just on repeat. Things like, you know, I shared, I shared in episode 118, you know, I can't help or encourage other women who are struggling with the same thing as me while I still struggle with this thing. It's like I expect for it to just disappear completely and it hasn't. And newsflash, I don't think it's going to. Um, I have an episode coming up about like the thorn in my side and how Paul talks about that and how we all have these things that they're not removed completely, but that lo- the Lord leaves them for a reason. And so I've I'm, I'm been making peace with that for the past couple years that, you know, this these negative thoughts and the loops, it doesn't mean that I can't do anything about it. It just means me as a person, my tendency is going to be toward anxious spirals. My tendency is going to be to get stuck in depression. My tendency is going to be to lean toward glass half empty. That's what my flesh gravitates toward. So every single day I fight against that and I battle. I go to war with the Holy Spirit, like the power of the Holy Spirit. I go to war with these things and I'm getting better at it because I'm practicing really dang hard (laughs) and I am just doing my best to allow the Lord to renew my mind and to choose truth even when I don't feel it. So this number seven was huge for me because becoming more positive in my self-talk and and my thoughts quieting down was something that I really needed and was honestly like begging for. And had I known that getting away from socials and just like putting down my phone for just a week would give me that much mental space, I think I would have done it a long time ago. It's just one of those things that seems too obvious, too simple. It's not really going to work, maybe. But it it really will help. You know, maybe you maybe you try that with social media. Maybe you lay it down. And I promise you, you're going to see some of these benefits in your own life. Okay, so number eight, I realized that the harvest field is right in front of me. What I mean by that is a lot of times we feel like in order to do important work, it has to be big work, noticed work. And, you know, maybe this is just me. This is me. But I want to serve outside of the home too. You know, I want to use my spiritual gifts outside of the home. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that longing necessarily. But I was reminded yet again that, you know, my girls are the mission field right now. They are the most important mission field. It's the biggest investment I'll ever make, ever make. It's the most impactful legacy I'll ever leave. And I was challenged to ask myself this question. How are you making yourself available to those closest to you? Well, as a stay-at-home mom, those closest to me are my three girls and my husband. Yes, I have a you know close family and I have a few friends, you know, holla, holla if you got a small circle, <laughs> that's me. The, those closest to me, making myself available to those closest to me. And, you know, even when you see people in need, when you do leave the house 
on a random Tuesday and you go into Kroger or whatever it is when you're at Chick-fil-A and you see somebody you don't know. Like, do you have the capacity and the space to be available and to interact and to engage? I was reminded that the harvest is plentiful and it's great and it's right here. It's right at our own dining room tables. It's right in our backyard. Maybe they're swinging on their swings right now. Maybe like mine, they're riding bikes outside, supervised by their father, of course. But that is the mission field. That's the harvest. That's the work. And I'm with you. Like it doesn't always feel like, and I think it's because it, it right now is going unnoticed, but I think that it's human nature And probably all moms would say, I am so tempted to feel like this doesn't matter because a lot of it feels like so much repetition and it doesn't feel like we're seeing a lot of fruit. It's not visible yet, but let us hang in there, mama, because let let us hold on to hope that one day we'll see the fruit, okay? Number nine, I read this quote, God doesn't put you in places that don't make you more like him. So I was reminded of the importance of my physical place and my exact season in life where I'm at. I am here for a reason. Same thing is true for you. It can be frustrating. It may not be where we would have chosen. It may not look like how we think it should, but we are called to yield to the Holy Spirit. And my job is just to surrender and be obedient. And that always leads us to become more like Jesus, which is the ultimate goal, right? Regardless of the circumstances surrounding that journey and regardless of how it looks and who actually sees it and who notices it and who praises you for it. And I was reminded of that truth. You are here for a reason and you're you're here in this place to be more like him. So I was kind of like brought back to reality You know, we can get swept away in the swirl of social media, and it's almost like this fake land, like fairy tale land, land of perfection, land of hashtag goals, hashtag blessed, you know, whatever it is, it's it's really not real. Because regardless of how much someone shares online, you are not seeing their 24-7 life. And so I think it's just really easy to get sucked into, you know, forgetting you have a real life outside of the screen. You have a real life of, I should have measured my iPhone to see the dimensions of it. You have a real life outside of this device and it's happening right before you. You meaning me, like I'm, I'm saying this to myself. This, my life is happening before my very eyes. God has me here for a reason and he wants to make me more like him. So am I engaging in that? And am I growing and cultivating my gifts and my character to be more like him? Am I growing in my identity in him? Or am I just tapping into an app and wasting time, whether it be an hour or whether it be six hours? It doesn't really matter. It's definitely like an intention of the heart. So this brings us to number 10. We're going to wrap it up with a big pretty bow. Number 10, I found room and space to declutter my soul. Now, you know I'm big on mindset and shifting lies to truth and creating new beliefs centered around God's character and our identity in Him. 
And I just found so much space to truly dig in and move things around and metaphorically rearrange and dig up old beliefs that didn't belong, you know, which is an ongoing process and plant new beliefs and reshelf things that had fallen off. And if I'm not careful, I easily store up things. <laughs> I am a feeler. I... I, for the longest time, suppressed emotions, and now I feel like I'm experiencing them in tenfold because I try to work through them in real time or in the closest as possible to real time so that I don't shove it down because that's my natural tendency is to, you know, shove things down and ignore them and pretend like they're not there rather than leaning in and being honest with myself and God and feeling these emotions, you know, I store up sadness and disappointment and frustration and I can hold on to it and not let go of it and release it. And I read this quote at the perfect time while fasting. I mean, the perfect time. And this is it. It's by Sally Clarkson. I love the way she writes this. She says, if I don't take the time to sort the piles, my spirit becomes a mess. My heart becomes overwhelmed and weary. Each day brings a new opportunity to simplify the mind messes. Does anybody identify with that? Just me? Okay. To clean and organize our souls with God's help. He helps me get rid of the unnecessary junk that burdens my thoughts and feelings and leave peace in its place. So when I let go of social media, when I said I am not going to engage there, I'm going to connect with the Lord, be present in my life, live life that's right in front of me. I'm going to see what he has for me, see what he wants to say. I found room and I found space to just declutter my soul and my spirit. And I found that renewed like revival almost that I was just longing for. Like I needed a fresh anointing, a fresh falling of the Holy Spirit. And I would pray for it. I would cry out. I would sing worship songs and I was like, God, I know you're here. I just want to feel you. Like I need to feel your presence. I need that. So God, please revive my soul and my spirit. Like help me to feel your spirit in a fresh new way. And he was faithful to answer. He was faithful to show up. And it was a beautiful thing that I was able to experience. And so there's honestly so much more that I could share because like I wrote in my journal, it was life-changing and fasting is definitely something I'll do again. So maybe this encouraged you to fast in your own way, maybe for 24 hours or three days or a week or a month. Maybe you choose to give up socials or maybe it's a particular food or drink or something else. The goal is to simply let go of one thing for you know a specified amount of time in order to experience God in a new way and turn to Him instead of that thing that you're giving up, whatever that looks like for you. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that it encouraged you 10 things that this fast taught me. I definitely encourage you to, I want to challenge you to think about and pray about what could a fast look like for you? What could you give up? How long would you fast for? And try it. And when you do, Send me an email or send me a DM and I'll check it at some point because the one thing that I failed to mention is that I I have yet to come back to social media in the same capacity. I found so much peace just like letting it go that I'm not really there anymore. And you're not going to see like that many reels that have been made or put out and not a lot of stories and it's not really current and up to date. So I apologize for that. But I'm still praying about you know, how God wants me to use that space. And I just want to be super intentional when I do come back, like full force, quotation marks here, air quotes. 
I will eventually, what I'm trying to say, I will eventually see your, your DM. If you send me an email, I will definitely see that. But I want to pray for us as we wrap this episode up. So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this beautiful woman listening. God, I pray for her heart. I pray for her spirit, Lord, that whether or not she fasts, God, regardless of what she gives up and when and and all the details, God, that you would just fall fresh on her life now, Lord, that you would give her a fresh anointing of your spirit. God, remind her that you are with her today, right now, in the season that she's walking through and that you have purpose here. There is meaning. And ultimately, that purpose and that meaning is to make us more like you and for us to lead others and point others to you and show the love of Christ to those around us. Lord, help us to do that. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today, friend. I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place.